Aguinaldo! This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> Brock and Salk Show on Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com, Seattle Sports app, and all the podcast platforms everywhere together all at once or whatever it is. What is it? All the podcast. Yeah, everything everywhere. Everything everywhere all at once. I thought you were going to open the show. You did your whole rank themed around that yesterday, and you can't even remember. I remember the once part. Once. Which I think we did a great job. Yeah, we missed once, twice, three times a lady, which I did mention to you, but then we never, uh, we somehow, that got lost in translation. Nothing like missing Thunderkiss 65. No, that that almost yeah. ended ranked, to be honest <laughs> with you. That almost led to uh, oh, a forced retirement. So close. I know, yeah, that was almost a forced retirement. I'm surprised after you didn't miss. open the show by playing money this morning. Money, because that's yeah. what the Seahawks are spending? I'll tell you what, I like what the Seahawks did yesterday. I can tell. I can tell. And I think everybody does. I, I, I can't imagine a Seahawk fan today that is like, meh, I don't like it. What what Why? would you How? what about it would you possibly not like? Yesterday, just so in case you've missed it, in case you have uh, not been following along, but yet are listening to this show right at six o'clock in the morning. Uh the Seahawks made a big deal. At the end of a long day of everybody else getting involved, they finally decided to join the party and sign Draymond Jones, defensive lineman from Denver, 26 years old. This will be his fifth year in the league. He is considered to be one of the top two or three defensive linemen that were available this year. And it represents the largest signing they've made in free agency since Mora. It goes, it goes pretty far back. You ready for this? Hit it. Sydney Rice. Sydney Rice. Sydney Rice, what? yes, the guy who owns those wing stores now. Wingstop. Wingstop. Was it Wingstop? I forget. That's why I said wing wow. stores because I couldn't remember which one was his. Was that more than ten years ago? At least I think it's Pete's first or second year here. I mean, it's been like it's been forever. They have not delved into free agency like this in forever. 2011. The Seahawks are working in a completely different way. They are. Don't we now have to say that together? Last year's draft, this year's free agency, this is not what we witnessed during the Russell Wilson decade. This is not what we witnessed at all. That was, you know, some trades and we're afraid to go on day one and we'll wait and see who drops to us. This isn't that. This is re-signing your quarterback to reasonable money at a, uh, at a deal that you can get out of at every opportunity. This is, we're jumping in with both feet day one of free agency and signing one of the best players available at our biggest position of need to a contract that's still reasonable money. This is different. And I like it. And I think everybody should like it. (laughs) I I mean, I'll, I'll read you. We'll get to it today. I'll read you what I was prepared to say today as I was going through it. Because I, 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 I know there will be people who say, oh, Salk, every year you tell me about the credit cards and people who've listened to me for a long time know what I always say right around today. Like today every year after day one of free agency. Huh? Credit card spending will get you and it'll come back to bite you. And I promise at 730 this morning, I will read to you some of what I wrote yesterday about credit cards and how I was changing my mind about it. 
And then they signed. That was before I realized they had signed Draymond Jones. <laughs> well, and to be fair, this isn't. You got him cheaper than Javon Hargrave, and he's four years younger and still ascending. Right? I don't think you maxed out your credit card at all. And I would also. Hope not. You have quite a bit of room left. I would think so. And <laughs> and I still think there's some room to mortgage a little bit of the future, even after you hit the room that you have sort of naturally. So, yeah, no, I, I like this deal a lot. It was their biggest position of need. Puna Ford's probably gone. Shelby Harris is gone. Uh, Brian Monet is hurt. Al Woods is up in the air. Who knows? They needed guys to play defensive line. And in this 3-4 system, I know there's been some debate, and I was getting some grief on Twitter about whether or not he fits what they're doing. I'm going to get he does based on the fact that that's who they targeted and signed. Yeah. So I think he is the guy that they were looking for to play a 3-4 D end, which is a lot closer to a 4-3 D tackle at times. Um, maybe he's a little undersized. Maybe you know they, they still are going to need to go out and find some big fellas to try to stop the run. I think he's going to be a much more of a pass rushing interior kind of guy. So okay. That's a huge need. It's not their only need. They need to continue to get big fellas up front, but he's disruptive. He gets into the backfield. He makes tackles for losses, right? I mean, like these are all things that the Seahawks want him to be able to do. They want to be able to penetrate. They like that. That's the style that they like to play. They don't like to just, you know, play patty cake at the line of scrimmage and then let their linebackers after everyone is occupied, go do clean everything up. That's not how they like to play. They like to be active. So, okay. You got a guy who's active, 6'3", 280 or so, right? Coming off three very successful, as you just said, more growth years, ascending years with the Denver Broncos. This is everything you want. We found out one, you were asking, like, what's not to like? And we got what, one. in your poll, you had 4%. 4%. We found one of them, or his brother. 253 says, my brother Dave hates the signing. He mm. thinks it's a way overpay and was just basically a replacement of Shelby Harris. Can you guys help me convince him he's a big yeah, dummy? Yeah, I can. I mean, the biggest part well, just there. just off the top, Draymond Jones had six and a half sacks and 10 quarterback hits in 13 games last year. Shelby Harris played 15 games and had two sacks and six quarterback hits. How many? How old is Shelby Harris? Shelby Harris is... 31. 30, That's yeah, the difference. 30. He's 31 years, years old. That's the difference. Right. I mean, literally, that is the difference. They're similar sizes. Shelby Harris, a little shorter and a little bigger, but they're similar sizes. They're built a little bit differently. Harris a little wider. This guy's a little taller. Shelby Harris is a good player last year, by the way. The problem is you can't count on him because he's never healthy. And that was the issue for them last year. They never knew when he was going to be in, when he was going to be out. And he's 31. That's not going to get better as he gets older. Trust me. The amount that you could count on him. If Shelby Harris were 26, he'd still be with the Seahawks. If Shelby Harris was somebody that they could guarantee was going to play, you know, 16 games or reasonably guarantee that he'd be healthy, he would still be a Seahawk today. I can tell you that. And Brock said he wouldn't even mind him back on a cheaper deal. He may very well be But he's not. Like Matt Bowen of ESPN, who used to play safety in the league yesterday, said that Draymond Jones was one of his top 10 free agents. Absolutely. Shelby Harris is not that Shelby Harris is probably going to sign a veteran minimum deal because he's 31 years old and he can't stay on the field. Yeah. Jones still has upside to do more than what he did last year. I'm excited. If you don't like the deal, that's fine. You can be upset today. I think you're probably looking for something to be mad about if that's the case, which is fine. Uh, I recommend one of the cable news channels. I'm sure you can find plenty to be outraged about on any of the three. So uh, if outrage is what you're looking for today, if you 
need to be mad about something. And, uh, yeah, you could try being mad about the Seahawks making a good move. Or you could just go get mad at whatever political ideology upsets you most. You can certainly find that uh, on cable news this morning. So that's where I'm at. I am. Uh, I Round am, of applause for John and Pete. Absolutely. Yes. Deserve that. Let that continue. Sort of a standing O kind of a situation. <laughs> keep going. Yeah, keep going. Okay. Use a little bit more of that. Hopefully Thank we're you. just getting started here in free agency. Yeah, that's true. So hopefully more to come. Uh, we will have uh, DMAC, our friend from Denver, DMAC, will join us at 630 to tell us a little bit about uh, about this signing and what he thinks of it and who he is and help us understand Draymond Jones a little better. Uh, we also will be joined for an hour today by Brady Henderson, All right. our very own ESPN.com Seahawks reporter uh, who used to work here in the building. So it'll be a little reunion to get Brady back in studio. And uh, I heard yeah. rumored that Justin has a, l- a little something special to introduce him. Oh, is that true? Yeah, it may be true. I'm excited about that. Plus, we have to honor Brady because he did something incredible over the weekend. So we will pay some homage oh. to Brady. Yes, we will give him his due uh, and possibly even make him buy something for all of us. We'll see. But he uh, he uh, did something very incredible over the weekend. So we're going to need to uh, pay some homage to him. Uh, and again, uh, you can always find us on all of the podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, where we are desperately trying to get a better rating. We unfortunately got a one-star rating to go with some new five stars, which is too bad. Uh, Olympia Friend, five stars, enough said. Uh, let's see. I got um, I have a very nice one here from Robert in Bellingham who says, terrible. <laughs> All right, so it's actually awesome, but I wanted to get this read on the air. I've been listening to Salk and Brock, did that on purpose, by the way, since 1.0, was listening to the other sports radio station before that. I love the contrast, religion, upbringing, geography, careers, et cetera, and appreciate how they have become real friends over the last almost two decades. All right, it's not been that long because they genuinely care about people and are open to listening to different points of view. I know it's just a sports radio show, but in the times we live in, it's refreshing to see two polar opposites come together, agree to disagree, and entertain me every day. Thank you for being good people and knowing your stuff. Also ranked as awesome, and I'm 100% that Morris secretly loves it. There we go. See? Thank you, Robert. A 100% true review. Unfortunately, we also get Turbo Dog, who says one star, just saying, love Mora, like Justin. Brock's just okay. (laughs) And Salk, ugh. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, it started as a very quiet first day of free agency from the Seahawks, and then they made one of the biggest splashes of the Pete and John era. Former Broncos D lineman Draymond Jones gets three years, just about $51.5 million to come to Seattle. The deal pays him about $23.5 in year one. $35 million over the first two years. He's 26, came out of Ohio State University. He's really emerged in Denver in the last three years. Tremendous interior pass rusher, and obviously that is something that they have lacked. Now, I don't know if he's a big-time run stuffer. He does seem to be more of a penetrating figure at his size, but uh, I would imagine that's something they'll continue to look for. So excellent first day of free agency for the Seahawks. Elsewhere, well... 
couple of other deals that will impact them. Last year's starter at middle linebacker, Cody Barton, gone. I know Seahawks fans are going to be very frustrated. He signs a one-year deal in Washington. I've actually heard multiple people say they're willing to drive him to the airport themselves. More frustrating, top defensive lineman Javon Hargrave signs a big deal in San Francisco. I don't think anybody thought he was coming here, but, you know, going to the NFC West was not exactly what anybody was looking for. Lots of linebackers signed yesterday, none of them for overwhelming amounts. So what does that mean for Bobby Wagner? Uh, The report yesterday was that he was looking at both the Seahawks and the Cowboys. And then one other very slow-moving position that I got my eye on is wide receiver. Very quiet market. The Seahawks, I would think, would be in the market for a third wide receiver. Could that be an opportunity? Maybe. And I'll tell you the name that I find intriguing is Adam Thielen. Third wide receiver could work inside, can work outside. I would like uh, that. That would be one that I think would find very interesting here in Seattle. So day two of the legal tampering period is already underway, and we will watch to see what else the Seahawks have in store. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, it was another game and another A-plus day for Jared Kelnick. This is just becoming the norm. Two more hits, a stolen base. This is the player he's capable of being, guys. This is who he's capable of being. Spring training stats don't matter. Results don't matter. They really don't. But when you watch him over the course of these, what, 12, 15 games, this is why he was considered a top five prospect. This is why he made the big league so early in his career. And this is why the Mariners continue to be patient with him year after year, because it's not just the amount of skill he has. It's how many of them he's got power. He's got speed. He's got defense. He's got arm. He's got all of it. He has all of the tools to be a tremendous major league baseball player. And if this symbolizes the beginning of his mind, getting it and getting right, the Mariners are going to be in for some incredible success moving forward. Robbie Ray continuing to get himself ready for the season yesterday. 3-2. Swing and a miss. He gets it by him. Strikes out the side. Robbie Ray with six punch outs. He's slicing and dicing the top of the Angels' order. We're through three. We head to the fourth. Yeah, he needed only 28 pitches to get through three innings. Gave up just one run. Another player... Uh, Good, but not quite great last year. So if Robbie continues to improve, that would be nice. Some tough news. We hear that J.P. Crawford had a bit of a soggy arm. So we'll see what's going on there. Monitor that. Talk to Shannon Dreyer about it at 9 o'clock this morning. And how about 20-year-old Mariner prospect Harry Ford? Harry Ford, left field and deep. And Harry Ford has gone out of here. Great Britain stretches the lead. My goodness. Yeah, it's a second three-run shot of the WBCs, their top prospect, and uh, certainly introducing himself to the baseball world for Great Britain. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Julio at the Olympics. Remember when Julio played for the Dominican Republic in the Olympics a few years ago? and was like, oh, people better start taking this kid seriously. Kind of what you're seeing right now from Harry Ford in the WBC. By the way, the Great Britain's first WBC win ever. Ever. And it came missing on one letter on, on one of the uh, pitcher's jerseys. <laughs> Very sad. Here's the third thing you need to know. Uh, the Kraken were bad last night. Very bad. That was a bad game. Goaltending was a problem. Scoring was a problem. Special teams was a problem. Puck control was a problem. Turnovers were a problem. 
was a bad night. They lost 5-2 at home to Dallas, their second loss to the Stars in a row. It's turning into a little bit of a fade now as all of a sudden they've lost three straight games and they'll be off until Thursday try to collect themselves as they head to San Jose to get this thing moving back in the right direction. That was I think the well I know there have been some tough ones early in the season but that was the worst cracking game I've watched in a long time. I thought they looked dead, lifeless unimpressive. I'll tell you who continues to just not impress me is that Jacob Megna. I mean, I know they traded fourth-round pick for him a few weeks before the deadline to bring in a little extra defensive depth and some size. I am. I don't see it. I've not it's seen a it yet. Bummer, because when he came over, we were talking about like they've been so good with all of their pickups this year. I'm sure he's going to fit in great. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday sort of exposed everybody's holes. He just kept turning the puck over. And then, as much as I love Daniel Sprung, the offensive presence. I mean, you see him the way he got beat on the. I want to say it was the fourth goal of the night. You're just like. Dude, you can't you can't have that. I mean, just got flat out beat. And the next thing you know, the puck's in the net. Jones didn't help him out much, but not a good game. Not a good they game. We'll move on. Not look good. No, we'll move on. Uh, th- thank you. That's it. That's uh, no more on the. I won't be taking any more cracking questions. There's too much positive to talk about. Too many cool things going on. Actually, do you mind if I take a moment? Yes. To honor somebody that was fairly <laughs> incredible, I'd uh, like to take just yeah. a moment to honor somebody incredible. Because yet this person was described in his obituary yesterday as being as innovative as Henry Ford was to the Model T, the creator of what we still do to this day. You know who died yesterday or a couple days ago, maybe you know, Dick Fosbury. You know who Dick Fosbury is? No. Dick Fosbury was a, was a high jumper, and he is most famous for creating the Fosbury flop which completely changed the entire sport of high jumping. Because before he did this, in 1968, everybody tried to just jump over a bar, right? You'd see how high you could get your legs, and you would jump over the bar. And Fosbury said, wait a minute, that's not the right way to jump over a bar. And he kept working at it. By the way, Northwest guy grew up in Medford, Oregon. And at Medford High School, he started working on this technique where he would run and sort of jump backwards and flop himself over the bar, which is the way everybody in the high jump competition does it today. He innovated it. It was called the Fosbury flop. And obviously, he set a record at that time. And by a few years later, I think it was eight years later, nobody did the the old school high jump anymore because the Fosbury flop was so much better. And then if you read through this, uh, if you read through this, um, this piece on him yesterday, I'm just reading the AP one, the world legend is pro- the word legend is probably used too often said sprinter great Michael Johnson. Dick Fosbury was a true legend. He changed an entire event forever with a technique that looked crazy at the time, but the result made it the standard. It's literally genius, said 2012 high jump champion Eric Kennard Jr. It takes huge courage and took huge courage at the time to even consider something so dangerous due to the equipment then. It was something that was a little on edge to attempt it's not like they had the giant mats that they use today so you could jump over like you were jumping and possibly smashing exactly so i I just thought the whole thing was very cool and uh it's been studied over the years 
uh, because it looked ridiculous at the time. And so a lot of businesses study how he did it and how he was able to think outside the box to completely change. Right. The game. He didn't look at how he could get better at doing it the way everybody else did. He looked at how he could do it in a completely new and different way. Oh, random so, and cool. I, didn't, I had no idea. Yeah. So I just thought it was cool. And I thought I would mention it. I didn't know he was a Northwest guy. Didn't know he was from Medford, Oregon. But I did know about Dick Fosbury and the Fosbury flop. And uh, he died yesterday at the age of 76. So uh, hmm. RIP to Dick Fosbury and uh, our condolences to his family if they're still living in the Northwest area. But uh, an unbelievable legend who completely changed a sport and did it just by thinking outside the box. How about that? Uh, from one legend to another, we'll go to our buddy D-Mac next. He's in Denver. Got to hear a little bit about this guy. The Seahawks just signed Draymond Jones. Plus, I'm sure we'll find a way to make fun of what's going on in his town with his Broncos. That's coming up next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. This is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Well, it sure seems like the Seahawks have gotten better this morning. Let's find out a little bit more about Draymond Jones from our buddy D-Mac at our sister station in Denver. D-Mac, what's going on, man? How are you? What's up, Salk? Nice to be on with you. Thank you. Big morning. We've been uh, celebrating the life of Dick Fosbury throughout the morning. And, uh, yeah. Big day. Do you know he died yesterday? Well, your career has celebrated him as you've been doing nothing but flopping <laughs> hey! your whole life. There you go. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that one. Bada bing, bada boom. Very nice. All right, tell bada us about Draymond Jones. Who who did the Seahawks just acquire? Great guy. Um, intelligent dude who thinks for himself. Independent thinker. Um, ripped on Urban Meyer, his former coach, while he was here. Uh, while Urban Meyer was the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is pretty funny, really aggressive player that is not probably worth the money you're paying him. Okay, how come? Ah, you know, you know, everybody always gets kind of um, overpaid in free agency. You know, that kind of just happens. I'm not saying he's not worth a lot of money. He is, um, but it's the the difference between the money that that he took for Seattle and the uh, the money that the Broncos just paid for Zach Allen, pretty close. And look at how much money the Broncos just spent. You know, they're they're kind of telling you something there mm-hmm. that a guy that they've had for a long time wasn't quite worth another couple million. The Broncos were spending money like it was going out of style yesterday. So clearly, if they really wanted to give more money to Draymond Jones, they could have. But I like Draymond Jones a lot. He's just not going to be the impact player that you might think he should be for for, for, for the money you just spent. So, but he's really good. He's solid. He's incredibly solid. What is he what is he best at? He's athletic. So he gives you um a good inside pass rush. That's that's definitely what he's best at, right? So that's the most exciting thing that you, you get a pass rush from the inside that you most normally wouldn't get. And he's a, a solid run stopper. Listen, the guy's, the guy's great. He's definitely one of the best guys at his position that was available in free agency. He's, he's just on a superstar level. But when you get, like, you know, six sacks a year from an inside guy, it feels pretty good. And he's like that. And, um, no, I, I think it's a good, solid pickup. Like that happens at free agency, 
you probably slightly overpaid for, but but only slightly overpaid. So why? So it's, yeah. I think it's good. So why why didn't the Broncos? I mean, as you said, they were you know spending like it was nothing yesterday, and and they decided to let him go and replace him essentially with the money they gave to Allen. So how come? What why? What is it that he's missing? Talk. Who knows with the Denver Broncos, my man? I mean, we thought Russell Wilson was a good idea. You know, uh, it's trying to trying to logically deduce how the Broncos think about things these days is a, is a fool's mission. I don't know. I would have signed him. You know, I, I love Draymond Jones in terms of, like, guys to bring back. He was without a doubt on a bad team, one of the better players. No doubt about it. So, no, almost everybody here in Denver – wanted Draymond Jones to come back. I, I never heard anybody who didn't want Draymond Jones to be back. Nobody. I'll tell you this, too. Super popular amongst his teammates. Um, uh, good with the media because he's um, he's got things to say. He does have things to say, but not in a jerky way. I mean, I have a, a ton of respect for Draymond Jones. <laughs> Ohio State guy, loves Ohio State. We thought he was going to Cleveland, actually. But, you know, Seattle, okay, sounds good. And this doesn't mean we have to take Shelby Harris back, right? We we don't have to take him back, do we? I don't think you have to. He probably wants to, though. Shelby Harris is a pretty good player when he's healthy. I mean, if somebody signs Shelby Harris to a league minimum deal, don't you think that's a good deal for somebody? No, it is. I'm just laughing a little bit because nobody was a bigger fan of Shelby Harris than Shelby Harris. Oh. And, you know, Shelby, Shelby got his deal. Shelby got his money, and, okay. uh, you know, we'll see what that. I, I, you know, actually, it wouldn't surprise me if he was back here somehow. Um, actually, you know, maybe it would surprise me if he was back here. Now that I think, I about think he it. may end I'm up back guessing. in Seattle when it's all said and done. Honestly, I think he may end up staying well, in Seattle just at a lot less. You know, money. that's that's actually exactly what happened with the Broncos. He was a free agent one year, and he really thought he was going to get paid, and he didn't. He tested the market, and he did come back to the Broncos. For a year, and he played great. He played great, and that's when he got the big contract. Um, and then he got thrown into the catastroph- uh, catastrophic Russell Wilson contract. Yeah, these so, things happen. You know. So, so what's going? You guys, you guys, I'm telling you, man, you better draft Anthony Richardson and develop him. What if he's you not there? Better- I don't, five? I, I don't think he's going to be there. Honestly, DMAC, I'm just the way really? we've been having this conversation, I've been meaning to get back to you because you came on with us ages ago and we're like, you got to sign, you know, got to draft quarterback at five. And Brock and I very arrogantly were like, no, they don't need that. That's ridiculous. That's not how they operate. And then over the course of the last few weeks, I started coming along around to your side and saying, oh, this yeah. Richardson guy is super exciting and you're never going to be in this spot. And, you know, you can have a Geno deal in one year. So this right. is a unique opportunity. Opportunity. Right. But I tell you what, I think that th- at least three of the quarterbacks and maybe even all four are going to be gone when they pick at five. Well, you got you know, I just haven't studied it because the Broncos don't have a draft pick for another 10 years. So, like, you know, you, the Panthers go uh, Stroud or Young and the, the Texans go Stroud or Young. Who goes at three? What, what's in front of I you? I think the Cardinals trade out of three or Indianapolis. I mean, like, you got two more teams in front of you. And oh, just wow, the way they're right. talking about Richardson, I, I don't even think it's going to be an option for the Seahawks. I think they're – now, that doesn't mean they're going to be in trouble. I think they're looking at Jalen Carter or Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson. I mean, I think oh, they're yeah. going to get yeah, a no, really I, I get good it, defensive but... player. But I don't think they're going to have an option for one of these quarterbacks. Oh, that's interesting. All right, well – I can't say that you should move up, 
because of the situation you're in. All right, fine. I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if he's there at five and you guys don't take him, you're fool. But that is interesting that, wow, so you think quarterbacks might go like one, two, three, or one, two, four. Yeah, and, and they've never okay. gone one, two, three, four in history. But I don't think it's impossible. If somebody's in love with Will Levis, which is sort of like the weird dark horse here, maybe. I mean, who knows? I'm kind of curious about your quarterback because I saw some pictures oh. of him and his wife at, well, maybe Ooh, Jared, 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 Jared Stidham. Stidham. Yeah, they paid some. Oh. Why are they paying real money to Jared Stidham? Dude, how funny was that? I mean, you, you want to talk about, you know, dumping on Russ one more time. You know, they could have kept, kept Brett ripping his whoopee here for $2.65 That's it. And they doubled the money for Jared Stidham, who started in two games. Um, and because I – listen, here's why I think. I think Sean Payton is – yep, they're all in with Russ. Okay, fine. You know, look how much money they just spent. But if it doesn't work out, Sean Payton is the king of reclamation projects. Drew Brees, Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, and now Jared Stidham. Like, he must see something in Stidham he really likes. Do you know $5 million makes Stidham the 10th highest paid player on the Broncos right now? Wow. The backup quarterback to Russ is now the 10th highest paid player on the team. That's crazy. And Russ, meanwhile, I saw pictures of him and his lovely wife at the Oscars, uh, dressed to impress, dressed a little differently than everyone else at the Oscars, but dressed uh, sort of. And uh, Russ Russ is looking thin. He looks like he's lost 20 pounds. Well, he put out a, a, a shirtless picture of himself playing with his kid on a beach. Listen, Salt, when was the last time you put a shirtless picture of yourself out on Instagram? Well, I got to tell you, with the amount of hair that I have covering my body, there's really no such thing as a shirtless picture. Everything looks like there I'm wearing a sweater. No, Russ, Russ definitely looks like he's in better shape, and he, he wanted to show everybody. So, okay, you know, listen, cool, awesome. Talk about no excuses. Okay, they just um, got uh, McGlinchey, highest paid offensive lineman ever in the history of the Broncos. He's your right tackle. Garrett Bowles is uh, got a huge contract. We're paying a left guard twelve million dollars a year. We, we've uh, uh, the offensive line has been completely refurbished. You got Russ got his coach. He tried to get Pete and Schneider fired for Peyton. All right, fine. It all came together here in Denver for him. I mean, seriously, what more could you possibly want? It has to go what right more for could him. You want? It has to go right for him this year, or else I don't. I don't think there's any way back after that. Well, thank you. It's uh, it's good to catch up with you. It's good to hear your voice in the morning and uh, and continue to follow what's going on in Denver. And uh, we'll see how the things turn out with Draymond Jones here. Thanks for the info, man. We appreciate it. Hey, hey, as Russ would say. Go hard. <laughs> See you there. You go. There's our buddy D Mac from uh, from Denver from our sister station 104.3 The Fan. All right, so uh, that's a little bit of a different, a little bit more information on Draymond Jones. Uh, really good player. Maybe not worth quite as much as the Seahawks gave him, but. The reality is we don't really know how much they gave him for like another five days, right? When we get the actual contract numbers in, you can sort of compare it to the numbers you're seeing elsewhere. Uh, I'm not really that concerned about the money, to be honest with you. And I told you I kind of get into it at 730. I'm not that concerned about the money. I think that they got a guy that played a position of need and it was at money that was reasonable, right? Maybe they overpaid by a million or two. I don't know. I'm not capable of knowing that right now, but I do know that they needed defensive line help badly. 
I do know that he was one of two or three quality defensive linemen available, and not all of them were necessarily going to be available to the Seahawks, right? I mean, we talk, remember we talked to KJ, and I was like, yeah, how about Fletcher Cox? He's like, no, he's not leaving. Not coming here. Like, okay. So, I mean, like, that happens sometimes in Seattle. We talk about it more with the Mariners than we do with the Seahawks because I think it's more of an issue in baseball than football. The travel's different, et cetera. Longer season, yeah. But, like, that was never going to be an option for a veteran player like Cox. Okay. So you got one of the best defensive linemen available. What's your biggest need? Defensive line. And, you, and he's an interior pass rusher, which is incredibly valuable. And, oh, by the way, he says he's pretty good against the run as well. And he's a disruptive presence. Mm-hmm. I'm there psyched. Quite a few videos of him taking on double teams with these. Yeah, I I don't, I, I think D-Mac even admitted there. He was kind of like, well, it's weird that they didn't re-sign him. And then they right. went and got another. But then he was like, but who knows? Because who knows what they're doing? They just made the backup quarterback I, the 10th most money on the team. The so f- I don't know if we can really judge off of, well, the Broncos let him go. I'm not judging anything off of that. The Broncos don't seem to have a clue what they're doing. So at the very, Spinning in circles right now. very worst, yes. it would be a lateral move. From what you got. At the very worst. At the very worst, you would be paying the same amount of money to get five years younger, younger with player. the same kind of player. Yeah. I, I mean, now, that that's sure what it seems like. He's not quite as stout as Shelby Harris, but he seems to be a little bit more athletic. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm kind of reading into it. He's an inch taller, a couple pounds lighter, right? So I think he's a little bit, and if you just look at the way their bodies are put together, Shelby Harris a little wider. And this guy's a little leaner and taller. But, okay. So they're getting more athletic, sold. Right? I mean, that seems to be what they want to do. That's why I think they're moving away from Puna Ford and moving away from that style. Now, they're still going to need somebody at the nose. Maybe that's going to be Al Harris. I suppose, in theory, you could move Puna back to nose tackle. Al Woods. Huh? What did I say? Harris. Oh, sorry. I meant Al Woods. Yeah. I I think in, in a perfect world, they're bringing back Al Harris if he's willing to play another year. Maybe you're able to go pull off a trade for a Vita Vea. There doesn't seem to be a specific nose tackle that's available in this year's draft. I know Carter could probably play that position, but there's no like big time nose tackle that you're probably drafting at number five. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you're trying to bring back out Woods. You're playing this guy next to him. And on the other side, either you're drafting a Jalen Carter, which I still think is absolutely a possibility. Or maybe you're bringing back Shelby Harris on a league minimum kind of deal where you're not banking on them the same way. LJ Collier's probably gone. I really believe Puna's gone. I got somebody giving me some grief about that on uh, on uh, the text machine there. 866-979-3776, Mac and Jack's text line. I, I think from, from my understanding and talking to people in the organization, I don't think Puna's going to be back. But I will allow for this. If, if Al Woods decides he's not playing, I guess there's a possibility they try to play Puna at the nose, but I, I don't think he's the right build for what they're looking for. I, I just, I, I think they're looking for kind of a different kind of player there. So uh, we'll see. We'll end We'll see where that and ends up going. It's probably fair to put in here too, as a small caveat, like we know these players play differently with who's next to them, right? Mm-hmm. Like they can look really good. They can look really good on stats because of who is to their left or the right. hundred percent. So, I, I'm still really happy about who who he is alone as a player, but you put him next to a Jalen Carter. Right. Yeah, I mean, or, a lot better. or maybe you can trade for That's a That's where I've Vea started leaning like more like, mm, 
I was like, oh, you should probably go after Anthony Richardson. You can't pass that up. But now I'm like, oh, I'm pretty excited about building this defense. Yeah, what what if you're able to put defense. together one of those defensive lines that everybody's you know right, in yeah. fear yeah. of? That's kind of what you're hoping to do, right? That's Seahawks football. And now all of a sudden your linebackers, all right, maybe you're not paying the world's greatest linebackers, but it's a lot easier for them because of the defensive Front line seven, presence. And oh, yeah. by the way, maybe then you can start to take advantage of the things Jamal Adams does well. And maybe he's able to have more success because the defensive line in front of him is getting push and getting penetration and his ability to run around, make tackles, etc. all of a sudden grows. And you have an opportunity to add on the edge. Maybe you can sign Leonard Floyd this off this off season and you're adding him to what you got last year from Chenna and adding him to the growth of a boy mafe and oh by the way it's a deep draft on the edge and maybe you can find somebody else so I am I'm very excited about where the Seahawks are going I think this deal that they get done is uh, pretty spectacular it was a busy day busy oh day yeah in the NFL, Mora was nice enough to write down just sort of everything that went down yesterday. For some reason, she put it in like 11 point font. So I'm going to have to take out my glasses in order to read this. <laughs> you mean the standard For email some reason. font? I'm pretty sure Mora does this so that I have to take out my glasses in I order to read I do think it's funny when I get your email every night to how big the font is. 15 to point font, <laughs> Arial 15 every night. <laughs> That started years ago. That was even before I lost my vision. For some reason, uh, the Brock and Salk show sheet has always been an Ariel 15. (laughs) Makes no sense. Kyle started it, I think. And since then, it's always been an Ariel 15. So the only reason I write my emails in Ariel 15 is so that I can easily translate them. To copy. Yeah, sure. Just copy and paste. Otherwise, I don't normally type in Ariel 15. Got it. Normally, I use like, you know, an eight point font so that I can squint at the screen. Wait, before we get into this, can I also just say that I am a Draymond Jones fan because of what D-Max said about him yes. speaking out against Urban Meyer when he was his coach? That jump out to you, too? I was like, yes. That was great. This guy saw through him even back at Ohio State. That was great. By the way, we do have uh, breaking news in the NFL. Bucks trading. Offensive guard Shaq Mason, who we heard yesterday was available, he's going to the Texans, who've been incredibly busy. So, uh, yeah, Texans end up trading for Shaq Mason. I will be honest, that was another name that was pretty intriguing. And as Hargrave shows up, right, so that's sort of the biggest deal that goes down yesterday, right? The Eagles uh, Eagles, uh, defensive tackle Javon Hargrave goes to the Niners on a five-year deal, $87.5 million, $50 million guaranteed. And you're taking that defensive line, which was already really good, and making it better, right? And so you think about your division and who you got to get past. You're going to have to get past the Niners. The Rams are going to, you know, fall off a little bit, but they still have Aaron Donald up front. And, you know, the the Cardinals, whatever. Interior <laughs> interior offensive line play is going to be at a premium given what, the, what those two teams have. And that's, what, for the games you're going to have to play this year. So, and it was an issue for the Seahawks at times last year. So, yeah, we're going to talk about center, right? Maybe that's someplace they end up going in the draft. But Javon Hargrave is just another reminder that interior offensive line play is at a premium for the Seahawks right now, given some of the other, you know, players they're going to need to play over the course of the season. So, uh, Javon Hargrave, five years, 87 and a half. He comes to your division. Big news is the commander signed Cody Barton to a one year deal. I told you yesterday about my buddy Joel, yeah. who's a Washington fan. He said, Salk, what, what, what do you think about Cody Barton? And I said, he's awful. Good luck. <laughs> And people are hard on that. Oh, I don't know what else to say. He had a really bad he year. He did not look good. Yeah. No. As Brock a said, he's being a, asked of him. He's a very solid special teamer and backup player in the NFL. No. Justin, I'm sorry yeah. to tell you, and perhaps you've already heard, the oh, Bears no. 
Uh, I'm sorry, the Falcons signed safety Jesse Bates away from that's the Bengals. Be big, and if Von Bell's gone, that's going to be a big, big hole Well, it was going to happen, right? I mean, you, it was time. You've been doing, you know, this thing has grown over a couple of yep, years. Yep. They're going to have to save some money in order to pay Joe Burrow. So, yeah. All right. Jesse Bates, a really good player. He's coming to the NFC. 465 is good. The Bears were very busy yesterday in the linebacker front. They get uh, Tremaine Edmonds on a four-year, $72 million deal. And then they also got TJ Edwards on a deal as well. So they revamped their linebacking core. They've been very busy, right? You got a new wide receiver, a couple of new linebackers. People very excited about what the Bears are doing. Uh, let's see. The Dolphins bring in Jets quarterback Mike White on a two-year deal. So the Jets are kind of all in right now on trying to get Aaron Rodgers. And they're also trying to sign Alan Lazard today. Maybe that's going to lure Aaron Rodgers. Like, Alan Lazard is the type of thing that lures Aaron Rodgers, really? The funny thing about that to me is that the Jets have better receivers already than he had last year in Green Bay. I know. It doesn't seem like like that's the thing that's going to make that happen. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo goes to the Raiders on a three-year, $67.5 million deal. He gets $34 million guaranteed. So less money than Geno, right? Less money overall than Geno Smith. Um, I get it from Jimmy's standpoint. God, this guy's made a lot of money. Play seven or eight games this year. He has made, he has figured out the business of football. Good for Jimmy. But from a Raiders perspective, I just, I'm sorry, I don't get it. You have Derek Carr, you let him go, okay, fine, and then your your big replacement is Jimmy Garoppolo? I, I mean, I guess you gotta let it play Josh out through Daniels? the draft, and maybe, maybe he ends up, right, drafting and trading up and getting one of the top quarterbacks in the draft, and this is a bridge guy again for Jimmy Garoppolo, but... This, uh, You've got an angry Josh Jacobs on the franchise tag, a bad defense. Like This is like Josh McDaniels 101. He must have just really <laughs> not gotten along with Derek Carr. Really, really bizarre. And then, of course, the news that we've been following is uh, Ed Werder saying the Seahawks and the Cowboys both have some interest in Bobby Wagner. So will that deal get done today? I'll tell you who wants it to get done today. Quandre Diggs tweeting relentlessly <laughs> at goodness. the Seahawks to try to sign his buddy Bobby Wagner. I love clearly, that. he would like back. You know what? I like it, too. I As don't think he's going to get it done it. or not, but clearly Quandre is all in, which I think is, uh, at the very least, very entertaining. So, busy day yesterday in the NFL, and I'm sure that will continue today. In fact, it already is with the Shaq Mason deal and a whole bunch of others that I'm sure we will see here over the course of the next few hours. All right. Uh, moving on and uh, getting back to what the Seahawks did yesterday. I would say this is already my favorite signing of the P. Carroll John Schneider era. Tell you why next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710 and seattlesports.com.